Good morning, everyone, and a very warm welcome to morning worship. As always, a special welcome to members of our family and friends joining us from across the country and around the world. And this morning, I'm going to officially welcome all our companion animals that so often pop up on our screens anyway, but don't always get a welcome. So I can see some of you already, and you are all very welcome. Being companion animals, they will decide how long they stay for, so sometimes we'll see them and sometimes we won't. As well as our Minister Katrina, who's just got back in after um, being kicked out of her uh, broadband uh, and hopefully will be stable on her phone now, we'll also hear the voices of Brian, Elaine and Graham, Jane, Rachel, Jeff, Lena and George, Dr Beth, Esan and Katrina H., and our musicians this morning are Paul and Leo on keyboard and Neil on trumpet. Very shortly, Esther and David and their family will be lighting a candle and we're all invited to light one of our own if you would like to do that. Then at 7pm, evening worship will be led by Katrina and this will be a Teze style service, which will include communion. So please have something ready to eat and drink this evening. Now, as I think we're all aware, uh, there are elections for the Scottish Parliament on the 6th of May and West End Acts have organised a hustings on Zoom this Friday evening at 7pm. The meeting will be chaired by John Curtis and I'll email further details, including the Zoom invitation to this hustings tomorrow. So look out for that email from me tomorrow for the hustings meeting this Friday at 7pm. Then we've just received news that our BMS partner, Christine Kling, will be leaving BMS later this year to take up a new role as a chaplain in the south of France. More about that in coming weeks as well, but please remember Christine as she prepares to take this huge step uh, during pandemic and in very difficult circumstances. So please keep Christine in your thoughts and in your prayers. Next Sunday morning at 11am, Katrina will lead morning worship and in the evening at 7pm, Kathy Galloway will lead our evening service. But now it's over to Esther and David and their family to light our candle. As we gather for worship, let us join together to become the body of Christ. Okay, <laughs> 
Christ is the light that lights our way. May we glimpse Christ's light this day. Many of us are familiar with the Australian liturgist, Dorothy McRae McMahon. And in one of uh, her liturgies, which is about animals, uh, she tells this story at the beginning of the liturgy. We once had a strong and well-organized tomcat called Sausage, who ate tinned cat food at our house, 
lightly poached whiting and egg flips with the old woman next door and slept in the lounge of the next house down by going through their cat door. Sausage was very territorial and usually no cat dared to put a whisker on his large territory. One day I looked out of the window and there was Sausage eating his food with eight other cats sitting around him in a respectful circle. He ate his food calmly and then the other cats dispersed. That was the very last time we saw Sausage. And Dorothy concludes with this question. Who knows what that was all about? Thank you, Brian. My, my laptop is having a second attempt at rebooting. Uh, it nearly got there and then it keeled over again. So it's possible we won't get the PowerPoint, um, which will be really disappointing. But hopefully, uh, with a push and a shove, we'll get it back at some point in the service and we can share it then. But first, let's come to God in prayer. Almighty God, we come together to thank you for the beauty and glory of your creation. To praise you for your holiness and grace. To share our delight in the joy and comfort of companion animals. To acknowledge our responsibility within and for the whole of creation to confess our shortcomings, seek your forgiveness for our sins and to recommit ourselves to the task of working with you for the recreation of all things. When we have taken more than we needed in excess of consuming of other creatures and the things that they need for their lives, forgive us, creator God when we have damaged and degraded the environment, they and we need for survival, forgive us, creator God. When we have not loved as we should, those creatures that are dependent on us, seeing ourselves as having dominion over them rather than having responsibility for them, and so becoming less fully human ourselves, forgive us, Creator God. Help us to follow in the way of your Son, Jesus Christ, who expressed power in humility and lordship in loving service. Enable us by your Spirit to walk in newness of life, healing injury, avoiding wrong and making peace with all your creatures. God of everlasting love, who is eternally forgiving, pardon and restore us, and make us one with you in your new creation. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, 
and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. under lockdown. My cat has been adapting to the lockdown rather well, it must be said. She leaves the sofa for very limited purposes, exercising once a day in flower beds, never failing to wash her paws for at least two hours upon her return. She no longer meets friends or relatives who do not live in her house, but contents herself in catching up with them on Skype or Zoom. Should other cats intrude on her territory, she's always careful to maintain her social distance, and she deplores the action of her neighbours who have been stockpiling mice for weeks. She bears it all with great fortitude, although 
she knows everything is changed. And when the ambulances go by, they will wake her and she will look at me as if to say, don't worry, I'm here. I have no plans to go anywhere. I'm afraid the laptop is still very slowly waking up, so I'll try and get the PowerPoint back um, before I do the reflection. But if we could then move on to Rachel. Thank you. Hello. So my animal companions have thankfully been many as I've grown up. Countless horses I've ridden and cared for, the numerous dogs I've come in contact with, the cats that I've recently warmed up to. Each interaction, each pet, lifts the weight of the world for a brief moment, makes life a little brighter. I first experienced this with Jed, the horse that you'll see in the PowerPoint should the laptop ever decide to revive. He's my horse who's still in the US. He is the first animal that was truly mine and not my family's. He taught me the joys of the outdoors, the joys of hard work, and a little skip of my heart when he needs a welcome. He's the companion that dried my years in the tumultuous pre-uni years. If it weren't for him, my undergrad experience would have been completely different and very empty. It's also because of him that I decided to become a vet in the first place and then pursue that dream across the Atlantic Ocean. He is the one I cried over most when I left. My companions now are just as near and dear to me. Bjorn with his sass and Cinderella with her mischief bring much light, laughter, and joy to my life. Cinderella, who meows at me from across the room for attention, and then proceeds to pull tissues out of the box if I don't pet her enough. Or when she brings me one of her toys so she can play fetch, something that she does better than either of the dogs. Bjorn has been consistent in my time of owning him. Always there and always ready with some corgi attitude that he uses to cover the fact that he does indeed love me. I would be remiss, though, if I didn't mention the companions of the past. My family dogs, Rascal and Buster, who first implanted in me the love of animals. My grandmother's dog that we watched over for a time. The countless horses, again, that I've ridden. The numerous dogs and cats I've come in contact over the years. Equally important are the companion animals of my friends that I'm lucky enough to love. The list goes on. Truly, truly, my life would be empty, darker, and lonelier without these wonderful animals in my life. I can't imagine a life where I'm not surrounded by them, loving on them, and being loved by them. It's their unconditional love that helps me believe in the unending love of God and the care that he has for all of his creatures.
In a couple of weeks, it will be four years since Carol and I were married. Just over a year later, we adopted Harley, then a three-year-old female dog, a mix of at least three different breeds from an SSPCA rescue center. Choosing a photograph of Harley to share this morning was difficult. We have more photos of the dog than we do of our wedding. However, almost every day of the last three years, Harley has reminded me of my God and of my relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Every morning when Carol gathers up the lead, the dog biscuits and whatever else, ready for the morning walk, Harley and I have some quality time together. Her joy and excitement every morning for each new day, whatever else has gone on before, reminds me that each new day is a blessing from God. Her joy and contentment with food, shelter, companionship, and okay, a supply of squeaky tennis balls, reminds me what is important in life. And of Jesus' words in Matthew's gospel, do not worry about your life and do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. We've kept the name she was given at the rescue center, but we have many other pet names for her, reminding me that you too have many names, God, Lord, Father, Redeemer, Jehovah, I am who I am. When I see Harley, the only mixed breed in the midst of designer purebred puppies in the local daycare, it reminds me that all are welcome and that you are the God of everyone, including those on the margins of society. When I've had to rescue her from the fountain in Kelvin Grove Park, from the sea in Irvine, retrieved the ball from a river, or waded in knee deep into muddy trenches in Mugdock when she's got into difficulties. I'm reminded that there is someone who watches over me too, who picks me up when I fall, even when I keep making the same mistakes. Before the travel restrictions of last year, when I would be away from home at meetings or conferences, often for several days at a time, she would sit at the top of the stairs in the evening waiting for my return. And her celebrations and welcome when I did arrive home reminded me of the parable of the prodigal son, of God's boundless grace and mercy. So I have a loyal friend, a constant companion at my side, who gives me unconditional love, reminding me that I too can be rescued and have a second chance at life. Amen. George and I would like to read a couple of poems written by Carmen Bernos de Gastold, a French nun and poetess of Lithuanian descent. She wrote two books, one of which was called Prayers from the Ark, and then another one called The Creature's Choir. And these are, as you can imagine, prayers as they may have been prayed by animals, first of all, who were on the ark with Noah. And then the whole, the whole creation, the whole of creatures, uh, giving their praise to God in the creature's choir. So first of all, 
Here's the prayer of the cat. Lord, I am the cat. It is not exactly that I have something to ask of you. No, I ask nothing of anyone. But if you have by some chance in some celestial barn a little white mouse or a saucer of milk, I know someone who would relish them. Wouldn't you like someday to put a curse on the whole race of dogs? If so, I should say, Amen. This is the bear, or I usually say bear prayer. To have my name among the stars, than to think I may end as a bedside rug. Oh Lord, this thought makes me terribly gruff. Large pawed, clumsy, no teddy bear. I am more shrewd than people think, and I know all about climbing trees. If I could find a honeycomb, my carnivorous soul would not scorn its sweetness. Sweetness. There are men who tame me and make me dance to their piping or put me in a cage. I, who was born to be free, like all self-respecting beasts. Lord, have pity on my bearish heart. See to it, I meet no hunters. Amen. Hopefully, I am now back on the laptop. And hopefully it will survive long enough to eventually show you the PowerPoint. But what we're going to do next is we're going to sing a version of All Things Bright and Beautiful. It's a version we sang 11-ish years ago. And it's an urban version. And I chose it back then precisely because it was urban. But it was also a previous service focusing on God's creatures. And as part of that, we wrote our own verse. So the last verse... Um, on there is one that was written during the course of that service and for those of us who are privileged to have known Miss Allen it's fair to say her face when we sang about Dalmatians and dinosaurs was a picture but there was always the twinkle in her eye so all things bright and beautiful thanks Paul
the first reading today is taken from uh, Genesis chapter 9 uh, from the message version. Then God spoke to Noah and his sons. I am setting up a covenant with you, including your children who come after you, along with everything alive around you. Birds, domestic animals, farm animals, wild animals that came out of the ship with you. I'm setting up my covenant with you that never again will everything living be destroyed by floodwaters. No, never again will a flood destroy the earth. God continued, this is the sign of the covenant I am making between me and you and everything living around you and everyone living after you. I'm putting my rainbow in the clouds, a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. From now on, when I form a cloud over the earth and the rainbow appears in the cloud, I'll remember my covenant between me and you and everything living, that never again will floodwaters destroy all life. When the rainbow appears in the cloud, I'll see it and remember the eternal covenant between God and everything living, every last living creature on earth. And God said, this is the sign of the covenant that I've set up between me and everything living on earth. Isaiah 11, 2, 3, 6 to 9. The Lord's spirit will always be, will always be with that new king to give him wisdom, understanding, guidance, and power. The spirit will help him know and respect the Lord. He will find joy in obeying the Lord. Then wolves will live at peace with lambs and leopards will lie down in peace with young goats. Calves, lions and bulls will all live together in peace. A little child will lead them. Bears and cattle will eat together in peace and all their young will lie down together and will not hurt each other. Lions will eat hay like cattle. Even snakes will not hurt people. Babies will be able to play near a cobra's hole and put their hands into the nest of a poisonous snake. People will stop hurting each other. People on my holy mountain will not want to destroy things because they will know the Lord. The world will be full of knowledge about him, like the sea is full of water. And our third reading is from Romans 8, 19 to 21. Everything that God made is waiting with excitement for the time when he will show the world who his children are. The whole world wants very much for that to happen. Everything God made was allowed to become like something that cannot fulfill its purpose. That was not its choice, but God made it happen with this hope in view, that the creation would be made free from ruin, that everything God made would have the same freedom and glory that belongs to God's children.
So now before my computer has another hissy fit, hopefully it won't, let's look at the amazing photos everybody has sent in of their companion animals. Well, I have a purring Sasha at my feet, so she clearly enjoyed looking at those slides. When the worship group mooted the idea of having a service, a pet service, a service for our companion animals, I have to admit I was more than a little bit unnerved by it. And they've been very patient with me because I've been unnerved by it all the way along. Not because I had any theological objection to it at all, because there was so much that could go wrong. Well, clearly uh, that prophecy came true, didn't it? Because the, <laughs> the technologies decided to misbehave. It'll be fine, they said. The animals can't chase each other or eat each other. And, and that is true. And it's been wonderful, hasn't it? Listening to each other, looking at the animals who have shared our lives, some in the past and some in the present, hearing poetry, hearing personal reflections, what animals teach us about ourselves and about God, how they enrich our lives. As some of you know, I'm part of a Facebook group of women Baptist ministers, which has been a great source of support for all of us in it uh, over the last year and a bit. And this morning I, I posted something on there saying, oh, I'm doing a celebration of pet service. And uh, one of the girls, women in that group said, I am so grateful to my tortoise and my three rats who have kept me and my family sane this last 12 months. And I guess that's some of the motivation for talking about and celebrating our companion animals this morning. And there isn't all that much for me to add, so you can be grateful to know I'm not going to talk for a long time. But you do kind of pay me to talk about the Bible, so perhaps I ought to do a little bit of that. In another minister's Facebook group I'm part of, I don't spend my entire life on Facebook, though you might be forgiven for thinking I do, a mixed one. There's somebody I've become really good friends with whose background is a charismatic Pentecostal. And one day he came to a chat group and he said, oh, dear, I've just spotted this thing in the Bible. I've never, ever seen it before. I was reading Genesis 9 and I realised that God made a covenant with the animals as well as the people. And I'm going, yeah, know that, known that for ages. But what a wonderful discovery for somebody who is an animal lover, but he had never before spotted that God's covenant is with all creation. And today we're focusing on the animals, but it's the whole of creation. And that comes through um, in the other readings we heard as well. In the extract we heard from the prophet Isaiah, something that Christians tend to relate to as prophesying to the coming of Jesus, or at least to the fulfillment of God's eternal kingdom of Shalom, in which Jesus has jurisdiction. And this beautiful image that all hostility ceases and then there's this interesting image of a lion eating hay i remember when i discovered that cats the entire range of cats from my moggies at home through to lions and tigers and jaguars and panthers are what is known as obligate carnivores they have to eat meat that there are a few mammal species and of course, a number of aquatic species that have to eat meat, but most land species don't. So this is an incredible image of a renewed creation 
in which the lion and the lamb will sit down together, that a child can reach and grab a poisonous snake quite safely because there will be no hostility between species anymore. What a wonderful, wonderful image. And that's kind of pointed at in this short passage we heard from the book of Romans. Now, there's lots in the book of Romans that uh, troubles me, and some of that comes through in this, this idea of predestination and, and everything good or bad being somehow part of God's sneaky plan. But actually, we're told the whole of creation is excited at this promise, this new creation. It's something that gives the whole of creation hope. I think if we read it in some translations, it would talk about creation is groaning in expectation. It's yearning for this. This is what all creation wants. This beautiful promise of the fulfilled covenant where animals and people and trees and rocks and everything live together in true and full harmony. And so it's good. It's good today to give thanks to God for the animals who share our lives, who teach us about God's love, give us company, are our confidence, whatever it may be. Way, way, way back when I was training for ministry, there was an opportunity to take part in an infant blessing, which was great for somebody who was training. So I went and met with the family along with the minister and he and I sat down to have a chat about it. And he said, oh, I hate infant blessings, he said. It's like you have a hamster and you promise to look after it properly. It's just, oh, can't be doing with it. And, and it prompted a really good conversation. Now, I didn't agree with his conclusion that it was a waste of time. I think it's really important that we give thanks to God for new life and that we make these promises in community to support one another and to support parents and grandparents and whoever it is, adoptive parents foster parents in their care and a nurturing of young life. It took me a bit longer, though, to get to the idea that this actually, what he said about the animals, might fit into worship. But over those best part of 20 years now, as I've looked more closely at the scriptures, as I've read creaturely theology and eco-theology and stuff like that, that I was made to do back in my training days, I've come to realise actually there is a place for affirming and recognising God's promises to all creation. And actually, if we come to God to give thanks for our children and make promises to nurture them and respect them and love them, why not do something similar for our animal companions? And so we're going to use a liturgy, which is adapted from one created by an Anglican priest called Andrew Lindsay. And this is based on the covenant God made with all creation as recorded in Genesis 9 and repeated elsewhere in scripture. Creator God, you have established your covenant with us and with future generations, not only with humankind, but with all living creatures, mammals and reptiles, birds and fish, amphibians and invertebrates, wild animals, captive animals, farm animals, companion animals. Scripture tells us 
that all these living creatures you have put under our protection. We are to care for them as you care for us. So, mindful of the great responsibility you have placed upon us, we renew our covenant with the creatures in our care and pray that we may be faithful to them as you are faithful to us. And so in the quiet, let us remember with gratitude and name before God those companion animals present and past who have enriched our lives. Eternal God, we thank you for these creatures who live alongside us as our companions and friends, for their loyalty, love and trust, which enrich our lives, bring us fun and give us joy. For all they help us to learn of the value of kindness, the power of mercy, and the strength of gentleness. Help us to cherish them as you cherish us. We make our prayers in the name of Jesus Christ, whose new covenant of love gives life to all. Amen.
And now let's come again to God in prayer. Let us pray. God, our creator, we bring you our prayers for all creatures and all creation. We thank you for the wonder of the natural world, so diverse and beautiful, so vulnerable and damaged. We thank you for the ways in which our lives are enriched by the animals who share the earth, from bees and earthworms to cattle and sheep, from plankton and amoeba to whales and dolphins, from wild and untamed to domesticated and trained, from beasts of the field to companions of the home. We pray for those whose lives are spent in the care of animals, farmers and zookeepers, scientists and veterinarians, for animal rescue organisations caring for hedgehogs, seals and abandoned pets, for sanctuaries where injured, unwanted and abused animals may live out their lives for policymakers and enforcement agencies, monitoring, monitoring conditions and framing laws. Recalling how all creation is part of your covenant, we pray that we will cherish every form of life on earth. We thank you for the gift of the Christian church, for this congregation, connected by technology and for wider networks, especially of Baptists across this nation and around the world. We pray for the trustees and office holders of our own church, that you would give them courage, compassion, wisdom and insight in all they undertake. We pray for those named in our weekly diary, Adi, Moji, Esther and David, Elham, Ali, Benjamin and Bardia, Nasi, Sal, Nikan and Nikia, Lilius, Pamela and their family, Marit and Tom, Alan, Edith and Tom, Bethany. We pray for the Baptist churches at Culloden Balloch, Cumbernauld and Cooper. As they adjust to ever-changing circumstances and new challenges, please grant them compassion, gentleness, wisdom and discernment. We pray for the work of BMS World Mission, focusing on projects in Lebanon, and the work of the Arab Baptist Theological Seminary, helping people prepare for ministry and mission. As Syrian refugees continue to need support, and as there are huge challenges to the economy and in education, please grant them tenacity and perseverance, grace and kindness, as they live out the good news. And we also pray for our friend Christine, as she finishes her time in Gif Surivet, 
and prepares to take up a new role as a chaplain. God, who saw all that you had made, all that you are making, declared and declare it to be very good. Bless it and set it free. Hear our prayers and show us how we may be part of the answer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. let us go into the world seeing it with fresh eyes as God's good and great creation. May we find new companions, human and animal, along the way. More love in the small things, more joy in life and more hope in the eternal promises of God. Amen.